Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David, and I'm here with Adam Walters and Megan Haas for another snack-sized episode. Adam, you were already warning us that you thought this episode might take more than a 10-minute snack. So we'll see if you're right about that or wrong about that. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason Adam said that is because the topic of today is 2019 search trends versus 2020 search trends. Uh, it's funny because I uh, I don't know that you guys were at the AIM conference today, but um, search trends are a pretty popular topic among the breakout roundtables. So, uh, Megan, you have kind of taken the lead on pulling search trend data for us together over the last couple of years. And now uh, you're just telling me off air that this is the first time that you had pulled them and looked at them side by side. So what were your findings of 19? Well, maybe before findings, how how did you do this? Like, what all does this include? What's your process for this? And then we'll go into findings. Yeah, so um, this basically is just pulling data from Google Ads in terms of performance metrics like CPC, click-through rate, um, and cost, all that sort of stuff. And then we mesh that with some data that we can pull from Google Analytics and our call tracking sources in terms of conversion. So then we can look at um, CPL, conversion rate, that sort of stuff, um, which was very interesting for 2020, I'll say, since we switched call tracking providers um, almost halfway through the year. So it was a little bit of meshing up different data sources. Um, but really it's just pulling data straight from the source and Google ads, and then, uh, making sure we're looking at that compared to our call tracking, um, data as well. Cool. So this is really like our internal data of what we saw across the year. Uh, is there anything, Adam, that you guys would have rolled out throughout 19 or 20 that you think would have had a major impact on what Megan pulled together? Like, I think about how there's like the search app Panda update or something like do, is there a digital update that would have happened anytime here? We should be aware of nothing major. Like Megan mentioned, we switched call tracking providers, but that was, you know, only like a really like a month transition. <clears throat> and I think compared to, I mean, compared to 2019, I feel like we were changing stuff all the time. So I feel like we're, it's just, it's net neutral. Like we're always adding yeah. new stuff and, and doing new things. So I think it's pretty even year over year. Yeah, all the basic stuff remains the same because it looks like what you, you guys were tracking was CTR, CPC, leads, things like that. Um, so really, I think the only major change we had in 2020 was rolling out um, dynamic ads in our search campaigns. Um, we did kind of add that standard across our accounts, which did help increase click-through rate, but really um, shouldn't make any major change compared to 2019. Cool. Well, that does make a sense. I feel like we're always doing new updates, but... Uh, the general metrics are always the same. But Adam, I have a quick quick suggestion here. As you release new updates, you should name them after new pizza slices. So you'd have like, this is the Hawaiian slice update, pepperoni pizza update, you know, because of your affinity for pizza. It was either that or I would do them after hmm, something Jimmy Buffett related. Yeah, well, by the way, I... Different frozen cocktails, maybe. This is the pizza update. I could not get over it when the, on Monday you knew um, uh, my Horton. song choice, Johnny <laughs> Horton. I I I tell you, I was making lunch later that day, and I was I was just tickled. I was like, I cannot believe Adam got Johnny Horton because he's one of my favorites. And then I was just so pleased that you said he was on your Spotify. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, got two of his songs at least through. on there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Megan. So now we know your methodology. You pulled our internal data. So in 19, that would have been, I don't know, four or 500 accounts or something. And then uh, it would have grown in 
in 20. So uh, quite a bit of data, uh, mo- just about all over uh, the country. But what were what were your findings when you look at it from a macro perspective? Yeah, so right off the bat, um, the way we have this format, it's color-coded, so it's kind of in a heat map. You can see trends um, for these different metrics that we're looking at. In 2019, it's pretty obvious. Um, you can see, like, everything's in green, May, more or less May through August. Um, so that peak leasing season, we're seeing some really good, efficient metrics. Um, and then you can kind of just see really clear trends throughout the year. And then in 2020, that is definitely not the case. The colors um, are a bit all over the place. Um, and then when you think about relating it back to COVID-19 and when when that really hit and um, a lot of changes that happened throughout 2020, it, it more or less makes sense. But um, taking a high level view, 2019 and 2020 are very, very different. Yeah, when you look at this, this actually reminds me of like when you guys go to like uh, one of the like fossil parks, uh, you know, in Colorado or wherever, where it's like this layer is when the when the uh, whatever dinosaur extinction happened. You see that on uh, in 19, where it's a very clear like differentiation uh, on like the winter versus the summertime leasing seasons. Um, but when you look at 20, uh, it just looks it looks like you took all the cards and just like mixed them up. And you have some some times where you have green, you also have red, and other times where you have red, you also have green. So it's it's really confusing. Um, well, what else did you pull out of this besides like obviously like things were thrown off kilter in twenty? Yeah, so I think um, when you start looking at a closer look at it, like there's a clear change in performance when um, COVID nineteen really did take a hit, or when our country kind of started changing in terms of regulations and quarantine and all that sort of stuff. Um, So actually, it kind of looks the opposite in terms of conversion rate and spend for kind of leaning into spring, summer. So it looks like May through July, we actually saw our lowest spend numbers. Um, And that that started in, it started trending down in April. Um, Obviously, COVID hit kind of like mid-March. So those numbers really start kind of taking a dive, whereas in 2019, those numbers, um, you know, start rising. So it's it's kind of opposite in what we're seeing. Um, really, the only metric that stayed relatively the same in terms of trends is CPC. Mm. Well, I'm as I also look at this stuff, it, it's surprising to me. But um, I guess this does line up with what we put out with some of the webinar. But just glancing at it, it looks like conversion rates overall in 20 were higher than in 19. Um, and, but spend data looks like it's kind of down on average in 20 verse 19. And we did see that originally when when COVID hit, a lot of people pulled back on their spend and then they came back later and added spend to it. But it looks like just eyeballing it for the year spend, it looks like it was overall down on average, but conversion rate was up on average. So interesting. Agreed. And it looks like, um, I mean, Q1, we kind of had a great start to the year. Um, things are in the green. It looks it looks really positive in comparing 2020 to 2019. Um, we can see an increase in leads, um, more efficient CPLs, and then and then you know things hit the fan. <laughs> Adam, based on um, you have the longest tenure with search running search campaigns of the three of us, um, what how would you imagine that the cascading impacts of COVID like hit as they roll through 21? Do you think like leasing season will kind of go back to normal or do you think we're going to see like a continual like reverberation? Yeah, not, hopefully this doesn't sound like a a cop-out answer, but I think it'll somewhat depend on 
the market you're in. I know a lot of, um, well, a lot of cities have like, I know there was like the, I can't remember what it was, federal judge enacted whatever act it is where they were pausing evictions for a you know a decent period of time. So I'm sure markets that that definitely impacted, which maybe might have pushed out leasing season or if people were just going to, I know some apartments were also going like month to month because people were afraid to change leases and, you know, I'll say upgrade their apartment to something new uh, if they're uncertain about, you know, the future in their job and all that kind of stuff. So I think last year just kind of got put on pause. So I think it depends. Maybe that's a little bit of why we see such a crazy uh, back end of 2020 is our people are some places having people move out because in certain sectors, certain areas, it's more stabilized, whereas others it's not. People are still worried about, you know, am I going to have the same job six months from now? Is, is, you know, if we just did layoffs at my company, am I in the next round or whatever else? So I think that's just the uncertainty of last year. I would think this year it's going to maybe be like the normalization year where it's not 100% back to what we saw in 2019, but it's much closer. And then 2022 is like business as usual. I think you're going to see people just the, I feel like the leasing cycle starts like people want to move in, you know, between June, July and August because one, it's the summer. No one wants to move when it's snowing outside. And two, that's when people enter the workforce, you know, whether it's they, they're getting out of, you know, college or, or high school or whatever. That's typically when you leave the nest and go and, you know, get an apartment and that, that starts the whole 12 month cycle. And then you're just kind of stuck in that 12 month cycle, uh, you know, forever, unless you sign a six month lease or do an 18 month or something, you know, that's less traditional. Yeah. Um, what, what interests me is, uh, so one of my majors was economics and thinking about like the long-term impacts of the bid system, right? Because in, we had less vo- search volume for a time in, in uh, 20 than what we had had in prior years. But a lot of people were still spending the same, if not in some cases spent spending more at one point because they started getting worried about it. So there were a few months where people pulled back overall, but then they came back and they came hard. And so when you do that, if there's still less search volume, you would then think it would drive up cost per click across the board, right? Because more money going after fewer searches. Therefore, like, do, has the bar been raised from all of the um, paid media campaign managers like you guys, where now it's like, oh, shoot, I need to raise my bids on average from $1.50 to $2. And now since everybody raised their bids from $1.50 to $2 to get the traffic to spend their budget, now going henceforth, you know, it are have basically uh, cost per clicks gone up across the board. So you guys probably don't have an answer to that, but that's just what I'm thinking from like, there's this behavior standpoint that this major world event happened that could have disrupted the, you know, search economy, you know, in some ways like that, that will have a rolling impact forever. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, if you look at CPCs across every industry, they typically go up every year to some degree. Um, it's almost like, you know, well, just one of those things. Like it just is always going to increase. Inflation. There's always going to be, yeah, it's like inflation, right? It's always, it's never going to be, your dollar's never going to go as far the year before as it will th- this year. So I think to some degree that's just, it's nature, just, just natural occurrence. But I think there is going to be that like, you know, we do the same thing internally when we set benchmarks, we pull historical data and we set benchmarks. So if, we're, if the industry is like, yeah, our benchmark is now... 275 when it was 250 
people are just going to naturally gravitate towards that that benchmark as being the new norm, and then the year after that it'll be two seventy eight and and so on and so on. Yeah. Well, as we as I think we've talked about here before, but we see more and more dollars migrating to Google from some of the ILSs, and as more and more people come in, if if there's not the requisite amount of search traffic, then you know that budget has has to get eaten up somehow. And generally, it's by the inflation that you're talking about. It's just like, does it still ROI out? I believe that's still going to ROI out for many years to come. I'm not super worried about that for this industry. Some other industries I worry about that uh, with. I think I, I may have mentioned here before, but like uh, if you tried to bid on like uh, SEO agency or paid search agency, you pay like $40 cost per click. So I'm not sure that that ROI is out. <laughs> uh, yeah. But for apartments, I think it does. Yeah, they're like B2B um, SaaS platforms that have like, yeah, like $50, $70 clicks. And it's just yeah. insane. Or like a mesothelioma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and all misspellings of that word because I could never spell yeah. that correctly. <laughs> uh, all right, Megan. Well, what else should we take, a, uh, take away from this before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, one other thing just to kind of tack on to your guys' conversation is I think this is overall like the overarching data that we found throughout the U.S., but there's going to be a lot of market-specific changes, um, especially in big metro areas. So that'll be one thing to keep an eye on throughout this next year and kind of see what trends um, do things change in the latter half as people are more vaccinated and people are excited to get back in the big city life or um, what differences do we really see there? Yeah, well, hopefully things start seems like things are going back to, if you will, quote, normal, right? Uh, I still think there's going to be an impact, like the trans- transitional impact of people away from some of the markets that they were moving to before versus now what's happened. Um, I don't know about you guys, but Nicole and I were just refinancing the house because we had to, uh, well, we just wanted to lower our interest rates since interest rates are, rates are so low. And holy cow, like, we were like, oh, I think our house has appreciated X amount according to Zillow. But when the appraiser came back, he was like 12% over what Zillow had had even thought. So like overall, like our house is like 50% higher than when we bought the thing. But it's because we live in the boonies in the mountains and everybody wants to move to the boonie mountains yep. basically, right? Yep. Denver real estate in general right now is just in, insane with that. Same thing. People are leaving San Francisco because, you know, Google's going to work remote. So they want to come here or Austin or those kind of places. I was also going to say like that would have been if we were getting like paid for ads, that would have been a perfect ad plug. So we were actually just refinancing our house through, you know, Jim Bob's financing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is a nice would ad have, plug. That would have been a perfect we, plug. <laughs> one day, Adam, one day we'll sell out and uh, start, start doing, running ads. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else from the two of you? No, I think uh, my last, like, I guess, like, closing thought is just be careful when you're looking at like year over year data in 2021, um, just because 2020 was, you know, somewhat of an abnormality. So just uh, be careful when you look at that and try to take into account how different it was from 2019. Yeah, I think everyone's going to start to get really nauseated by people being like, but 2020 or like, but it's, yeah. you know, it's just how like oftentimes you'll hear like, oh, but tracking is messed up or whatever. It's like there's always something where it's like, ah, gosh, good gosh. And <laughs> one final thing in the AIM se- sessions that I was in, there's one of them um, that was about like multi-touch attribution and all this stuff. And I feel like did did AIM or whatever existed at the time, were they having conversations about multi-touch back before digital existed? Were they like, well, the direct mailer plus my newspaper ad and, and the apartment guide? Or is this something that we've basically inflicted upon ourselves? Because you wouldn't have had good attribution back with then, 
when you have like three different like hard, you know, newspaper lead yeah. sources. So I feel like we're kind of doing dig- digital as a industry is kind of doing damage to ourselves by trying to say, hey, it's theoretically possible, but no one's figured it out. And so now we're all going to get cranky about it. Yeah, <laughs> That's a fair point. No one's like, hey, my billboard or my, you know, yeah, my bus stop ad. I launched yeah. that and everyone came in and leased apartments. I feel like it's this myth where it's like, um, because like with TV advertisement or whatever, it's like, yeah, we think directionally it has done something, but you just kind of guess like there's not like some super hardcore data for most folks. And even when there, when there is, it's pretty, it's pretty holy. So all I'm saying is like, I feel like the internet has caused this one myth to happen and we're all like buying into it um, because we keep talking about it. Instead, we need to be like, Hey, why don't we take, why aren't we happy about the things we can track and stop whining about the stuff that's still broken? So maybe I'm a little too harsh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well thanks. Thanks for the info today. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Thanks.